Hey, what's up, everybody? This is John Ensman, and thank you for listening to this podcast. I definitely have a wrap preview at the end of this. It is my NXT wrap. And if you just want to skip to the end, that is totally cool. However, I, I just really hope you guys give this show a listen. Um, this episode's only an hour and a half long. We talk about resurgence. If you're a New Japan fan, you're going to love this stuff because my co-host, Justin, was there at the show. So he's going to tell you about the fireworks, what it was like live, the merch line, who was the most impressive person he saw there live, and all sorts of other stuff that you're not going to hear on any uh, other show. So he was at the Torch. It's We have a really good talk about what it was like to be there for this historic show. So listen to the episode if you can. If not, just skip ahead, listen to the rap, and uh, leave me something on Twitter. Tell me what you think about it. All right, let's get to the episode. So, yeah, this is our show. This is Wrestling And. And we had a, a lot of stuff go on this weekend. Um, it was a crazy yes, weekend for wrestling. So, we have some exciting news here because Resurgence was this weekend. It was in L.A. And Justin got to go to the show. Yes, I was fortunate enough to check it out. It was a great show. Um, you know, we'll go into there was a few things. I'm like, ah, not it wasn't a big well, not really. Actually, just one thing. The what? The fireworks? The, the fireworks in the middle of the show. How was that acknowledged on the show? Because I don't know if you were watching the live it English language. Very awkward. It was. And then there was apparently I don't know if it was when we when we got there. Um, there was a marching band rehearsing. So maybe USC's marching band was rehearsing at the beginning, like no big deal. Oh, but there was a marching we're... band, huh? Holy shit. Yeah. This was probably, but this was way before the doors opened. So it could have just been USC because, you know, their football season starts soon and whatnot. College mm. football's coming. So maybe the, the band was just practicing. I don't know, on a Sunday, it sounds a little weird, but <laughs> anywho. Um, Something was going down. Yeah, and even during the matches, I could have sworn I was hearing music coming from the the football field or in that area mm. the whole time and i was telling the people i was with them do you hear music and they're Damn. like not really and then they started to hear it and then of course the fireworks show just a, a really actually nice fireworks show. <laughs> it sounded pretty the, epic it sounded pretty cool were, i and I, we were so i'll tell you this is the i'll just get it out of the way the one downside of the show well there's two but there might be more from the TV side of things. There was some complications. Internet. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that. You were on that side, so you can tell me all about that. But mm-hmm. um, the same problem that I ran into, and I don't know, I'm not trying to criticize the people there because it was a beautifully, the event, the, the lighting was fantastic. The effects right in front of the, the Coliseum um, mm-hmm pillars it, it looked yeah. it was a beautifully dressed with the the, the logo up top like nicely oh, lit with the lighting it, it was it was gorgeous it was a beautiful backdrop um that um area like where the camera was behind it was a grass area so like a lot of us were just i'll get into that but we would just kind of stood up and watched on the grass or 
Mm. There was these little picnic benches with a couple food trucks, and you could just sit at them and watch the matches. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so we got there, and the, we, we got to where our seats were. But that the same problem that was in the, in the Long Beach show five years ago is if you're any oh. more than 10 or 15 rows back, maybe even less, it's just I, you, can, you can't you, – you're close. You're not far as distance, but you're look, you can't even see the ring. So you mm. see – basically, you see the wrestlers um, from maybe they're right below their knee and up. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. There, there's not enough height, and yeah, uh, the it's Long just Beach flat, show right? was way worse because the original Long Beach show in 2016. It's like if you're not, you know, any more than 15, 10 rows back, you got to have a little height. It, it looked, it, it did bleachers. look, it did look flat from like the images you showed me. It looked like yeah. grass and just like straight flat. Was it all flat? There was no yes. height for the seating at all. No, no snow height for the seating at all. Uh, I don't know what the cost of running some bleachers into something like that, or if that's like a, from a standpoint of like, and the, and the chairs were those, you know, kind of plastic rentable chairs or whatever, um, mm. from a standpoint of cost. And also you, you have to think about fire marshal and accessibility. So yeah. maybe that's not something you they know, can install. This, this show but... too, uh, I don't think any, I don't remember any wrestling show being done in this specific location in the past. Um, yeah. So I didn't even know they used this as a location for I, things. I didn't this. either. It's to like the front lawn of the, of the big building. And yeah. so I'm thinking just, I think New Japan was treating it like KBS Hall in, in uh, Yokohama. Do you know that one? It's like a big glass, stained glass background. And this is how uh, Dragon Gate runs this venue. And they you don't... Know, I, w I was going to say that I think in Japan, they're just, they just run a lot of venues like this that are just kind of convention hall slash kind of a warehouse space that aren't equipped to... Have, well, like, I, I, I thought this one, yeah, it was a weird spot and stuff, but like there are spaces that look really pretty and they'll just po uh, put the camera on the pretty part, but the seating's not so great and it's like awkward in that way. So I could see that it was definitely flat, um, but on camera, just looking at the backdrop of, of the building was fucking awesome. And there's been yeah. tons of photos taken now of all the wrestlers posing you know right. with the building in the background and it just looks it, it has some great optics to it um yeah. so did you did were you in the t-shirt line for the dark match yes and uh that merch line we we got in did they make good I, money that night oh my god the merch line never ended the whole night and oh we god. got there and we I still we, we got there and I, I I'm really bad at estimating people and all that, but we were probably like maybe fifty people in front of us. Mm. And you know, we got there and we were still like each one know, spending like twenty to fifty it, to it, more. It, 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 it was like this, you know, it was one of those zigzag lines and we yeah. were probably where we stood when we started the line, we were, you know, ten feet away from the stand. So mm. but then the line just wrapped around pretty much the whole venue. Oh wow uh you know later on so i'm glad we we hit the merch right away we were done you know getting merch because doors opened at seven we had our merch in hand and food about 10 minutes before eight o'clock when the show started nice the, the real you got show. all you got all so your stuff. we got it all out of the way we ate um 
and I love getting it out of the way. And then I saw how long the merch line wrapped afterwards, and I was like, look at my buddies. Aren't like I was the only one that bought anything. They kind of looked but didn't. Um, I, I had to get the resurgent shirt. I just got the nice basic shirt. Uh, they didn't have a lot of, you know. They had some decent stuff, but that was the only thing that really grabbed me. And I'm like, I got to get the. They didn't have the rare Naito stuff or. Well, they had like, uh, they had some, you know, they had the basic Los Ingrobernables, basically the updated version. And then LA Dojo shirts. They had the LA Dojo shirt, but it was like the resurgent shirt, which is a nice shirt. I think I can just show it to you because I have. Let's see it. Might have it right here. We'll put this one up. Something else. Um, This is the front. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw them wearing that. Or I saw that logo and stuff around. Awesome. This is my alibi. Um, 25 bucks, which I thought is pretty decent for merch. But then that shirt that just said LA Dojo that looked like, you know, the generic, it was 40. Well, I think that's kind of like their their brand, like the Bullet Club brand. It's like LA Dojo brand. Look, this has got like a nice tag inside. No, I... I, you know they're weird. Nice New Japan, material. like when they have their show shirts, like sometimes they're not as much, but that is really badass. And but they I had like a it. nice the Jay White shirt, and those were like thirty five, about thirty thirty five, like the wrestler shirts. Mm. And then Minoru Suzuki stuff. I don't ever went into into that with you. His shirt was like fifty five or sixty bucks. Damn. His, no, I, I guess I'll quick side. So when I went to the G one at the uh, Ota uh, Gymnasium. Um, the way that this is just this venue, but you walk into you. We went down the stairs when they let us in. Yeah, and then you go into this hall. Ota this, like, gymnasium. Kind of, yeah, you go into this hall, and it's like all the merch. The merch is goes down for like fifty, sixty feet. Mm. All the merch. The you just like walk up to people. It's there's not that big of a line. Sounds Maybe like they turn it bit. into a whole marketplace. Yes, and they have just. You know, you can see all the stuff. They have a menu, basically, that they hand you. And they did that at this event as well. As well. So mm. after you're doing that, and then you walk outside, and there's a little table, like a card, like a like a standard one of those, like, tables. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, that's – and it's Minoru Suzuki stuff just Shit. outside the hall. Damn. And it was obscenely expensive. Um, so I think he kind of has his own thing with merch. Yeah, I mean they I get they get their prices right. Like they get their fucking money from the merch. So they're probably just like, hey man, fuck it. Like I'm worth this much. Whatever. It's part of his. It's part of his persona. I'm guessing. Yeah. No, no. I think he has his own. Like uh, he's got his own um, like uh, clothing brands. Like uh, he thinks he's luxurious. Well, dude, he he does like little picture his own little socks on fucking every day stance on instagram yeah. stance new stance new stance so he's got yeah. a he's a fashion guy maybe he thinks yeah. his stuff is fashion like it's somehow better or rarer than the other guys which it's not it's just t-shirts but i mean it's it's he's got his own little kind of boutique in uh harajuku or whatever with his company okay so, he's, a, he's a fashion guy yeah so he's got his little side business that he does and it's i've always i'm like I'm I'm so out of the loop. Is it is he signed with New Japan? Like that was the thing. Like wasn't there like that argument about that? Is he leaving? Is he signed? I th- I have always thought that? he was kind of he's more like independent. I you know I always thought he had that kind of code of a bushi deal where he was a freelancer. Well, 
Kotobushi is not anymore, right? But I know he wasn't. The, but back in the he day, was kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't being like not yeah. having a home. Um, well, I guess I well, should have looked that up. I don't think Suzuki does anything. I haven't seen him wrestle on anything else. But maybe they just like pay him per diem. Well, lately, you know, yeah, because yeah. he's not there. He's kind of he goes in and out. You know, he doesn't. Uh, he's not there consistently. At least the last couple years. Yeah. Uh, well, thing. Yeah, things have changed. He's been actually like since the pandemic, he has been working strictly New Japan, I believe. But before right, that, right. he was moving around a little bit and uh, sometimes was going to New Japan. And last night, obviously, was the huge show and the big opening match was Coglin versus Fredericks. And first of all, before we even get into the match, I just want to say, man, there were technical issues on both ends, which sucked. So right. on Fight TV... Uh, the English commentary was there, but it ran at about 10 frames per second. So, and that happened, I feel like, f the entire show, it started running about 20 frames per second later in the show. It's terrible. Huh. Um, wow. Watchable, though. And then on the Japanese side, uh, a good commentary in Japanese, but you couldn't hear the crowd at all. Interesting. So, I started watching a little bit of the Japanese feed today, but... Um, yeah, so just to take you back, our seats, we didn't even go to, we sat down in the seats for two seconds. I'm like, you know what? Let's just walk over there and just stand and watch this. Nice. We're going to get better vantage points. So we literally stood right next to the, the main camera. And this was an expensive was show, wasn't it? Our tickets were 40 bucks. Uh, well, you the, got, I thought the front row were like super expensive and near the front. I, you know what? I think I next, you know, I think the seats when I saw range from about, I could be completely wrong, like, but from 150 to th 40 to 150. Okay. So 150 is not bad for front row tickets, especially considering what happened. Wrong. What happened? But if I, but if I get get into the venue for 40 bucks, that I don't really think you could say expensive show, you know? Yeah. Oh, I I totally. Agree I have you have to pay that. 90 bucks to get into a PWG show. So yeah. that to me is like, that's a lot of money. Although, you know, anyway. You get your money out of PW show. It's worth ninety dollars. Just a matter if you have ninety dollars. No, I feel I, I feel you, man. It sounded it. it <sighs> look, this this was a big show, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. So it was probably even worth a little more than they put it. By the way, did you see that the new PWG show going on? I saw some of the things pop up on my phone because I get the alerts. So I, I want to see now. Alex Shelley versus Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, it looks like there's some good stuff there. I don't know if I'll be ready to go to a venue like that or no, I spend feel that yeah. kind of money. Uh, you know, this outdoor show is just perfect. And the, the mask, and uh, it was New saying, Japan, 75% to 80% of the people were complying with the mask thing and wearing the mask. But mm. I was outside. I was pretty much, we were pretty much distanced. If you wanted to, you could be away from people. Mm, um, that's cool. Yeah, so, so we kind of posted up about most of the show right next to the the control area mm -hmm. and where the main camera was and um we had a pretty good vantage point we saw and heard enough um then there was a technical uh thing that happened at the show right after um the moxley uh good brothers mm -hmm. got a match yeah um and fireworks some, the, the sound went out with um mm when Tomatonga got the microphone. So, okay. But or no, when Carl Anderson still had it. 
and we were but, standing right next to the control board with all the sound and the monitor it mm -hmm. went out and they were trying to figure out why the power went out so there. it really was a technical difficulty because i thought it was an angle considering what happened D didn't like didn't his mic go no. off and someone else came out uh no that's when the when the god came out okay yeah and they oh, were probably yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to say something but the mics were still out and we were sta we were literally standing uh you know right next to the you know where they had the monitor and the, and the soundboard guy those the power went out on both of those oh that's terrible and they were trying to figure out how to fix it and they did get it fixed eventually but um, jesus dude so so that that's why they lost the sound you well, know, i don't know why but that was the effect of it is new japan america kind of it's like a different wrestling company in a way it's ran by the same people but it's got different crew you don't have the same cameraman and definitely don't have the same um electronics guy or whatever the control guy they have some japanese people there that are in the controls because i they're do they know, yeah they do but um, it's this. It's pretty much this. I would imagine the same crew that does strong. Yeah, yeah. So there maybe yeah, some so of they, the same guys that do uh, a championship wrestling from Los Angeles. Yes, it is so, too. It is too because yeah. they're all blended together. And also uh, uh, probably did fucking Aztec wrestling. No, what's it called? Uh, Lucha Underground. I don't know. I don't know anything if that's the same, but I know for sure that the championship wrestling and they do usually really good production stuff and value. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, there's some really professional work done there, but sometimes, you know what, things happen and you, you know, you, what are you yeah. going to do? It's just, I mean, luck, look, I, it's the first show I've seen at quote unquote, the torch at LA Coliseum, which they should just call it the LA Coliseum front lawn. Right, like, that's what. But it was it was really cool and um, the torch. What, yeah. I so the only criticisms I guess I would have is, you know, it'd be nice to have some bleachers, but that's kind of countered by you don't know what the fire code is and the logistics of ha making that happen in kind of a smaller. We're putting space. two thousand people into bleachers and yeah, exactly. like in this area. Yeah, yeah. like what does For, that like mean? Said, and then no one can like barely get out of the fucking bleachers to go take a piss and. That's exactly they have the to fire put staircases not, here and would not approve it. Um, you know, I'm just thinking, I just imagine the bleachers that you see like at the Rose Parade that they install. And if people get rowdy, that thing's coming down. And, you know, uh, and the merch, I guess they could have done something to make that merch line not as long. Like, I would say maybe there was like six or seven, eight cashiers. I mean, I could be completely wrong on that, but maybe they needed to have a little bit I, more. I just. I just think with the Americans, you really got to make sure you got your merch. Maybe having more than one merch stand. Well, uh, and but this also show was bigger than uh, any New Japan show in America in a long time. It possibly is one of the biggest shows in America besides Madison Square Garden. Um, but I mean, this so was a, a crowd of twenty two hundred. It was twenty two hundred. But here's the thing: what happened on the show and the hype for the show was really huge. And it yeah. was the first uh, live New Japan show in America in a very long time. So they should have probably done a little better on the merch. And I guess maybe they didn't know they were that popular, but they were. Yeah. Um, I, you know, maybe you could start you know, selling merch outside when people are waiting in line. There's ways to, you know, do that. But, you know, like we said, we don't know the logistics of it. But just from an, in, when I see merch lines going on throughout the entire show that are extremely long, there, you know, maybe you could do something to prevent that. Um, yeah but i'm glad i got in there early got my shirt 
Um, it wasn't, it, I guess, like I said, in five years ago, that was one of the mistakes they made was the merch too, because on the second day, as soon as we got there, we waited in line and we were in line for a good 45 minutes, if I remember correctly. Damn. And by the time we got there, we had the Damn. choice of two shirts. Oh, two. shit. It's like and, you have to get, uh, what do you have to get to the venue like three hours early just to get a good fucking shirt? It's like, dude, yeah. you know, maybe back in the day, if you wanted to get Kyrie Sane and and Asuka shirt, right? It would, the, the Kabuki Warriors, right? And you get in line for fucking three hours, which I don't even think the lines at Raw are that bad compared to this, right? And you don't get your fucking Kabuki Warriors shirt. That's Whoa. terrible, man. Here's the thing, though. Like, you go to those American WWE shows, and they have, you know, eight to, you know, probably 10 or 15 merch stands throughout, spread out yeah. through the arena. Oh, that's true. And You just keep you know, walking, and you find one. And you can, yeah. like, get everything at each place, usually. Usually, yeah. And sometimes, you, yeah. At least the and, most you know, popular, the most some, popular shit. Yeah, they spread it out, um... So like you know you of course you're gonna have to wait in line a little yeah. bit but it's nowhere near as bad as what they do with these shows and um, that is how I got my sting mask by the way and I wish I still had it because I would wear <laughs> it whenever I see him in the rafters right <laughs> so uh, D Carl Fredericks Alex Coglin man I thought it was a really awesome opener I love Carl Fredericks I'd love to see him in more stuff but uh, it was. The Young Lion still versus the fucking Carl Fredericks, who already won big tournament for New Japan, and everyone in Los Angeles probably wanted to see him. I did, at least. He's a local guy. So yes. what did you think about Fredericks and Coughlin? Uh, I I love that match. Um, Coughlin, I think, is he's got this brute strength about him and the deadlifts he does. he does yeah he and he controlled a lot of the match i felt like he was kind of kicking frederick's ass quite a bit yeah a little bit and there. you know i i i think if there's one guy on the new japan roster uh you can make the argument who's who's uh you know kind of i don't know if i want to say growth was stunted by the pandemic but i think carl fredericks is a guy that they really had to put on the back burner who was getting really hot before all this the stuff started shutting down and it's like mm -hmm. they're just slowly cooking him back up again because he was going to be a big star. And he won that Young Lions Cup, and it looked like, you know, he was ready. And then they kind of graduated him early from his excursion, and he got his own gear. And he's just kind of been and put on the back been, Yeah, kind of kind of been normalcy since then. Been winning matches here and there, but, I mean, nothing he, – he's lost some too. Um, so – it's been kind of interesting watching him go, but maybe they're they're like maybe he's just on the back burner and they're waiting for that right time. Yeah, or maybe I, he's know, got stuff going on in his life. And I I follow him on Twitter, and he yeah. does seem like a guy who like might have some stuff going on sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think he must maybe have. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure he has like a kid and stuff like that. But he was one of those guys I thought <clears> that they were gonna get him back to Japan as soon as possible. Um, yeah, I'm surprised know, he's not back, back already. And he yeah, said he wanted to be there. Yeah, it seems like he wants to be there, but he seemed like a guy they were going to get back to Japan uh, as soon as possible. But who knows? There's still time, and um, it's not too late for him, of course. Well, and, uh, and from tonight, we're learning that it's not all about Japan necessarily. So, um, Right, right. So, yeah, uh, that was very interesting, man. It's it's uh, the, it, it kind of this show changed the whole dynamic of the company, which we'll get into as the 
changes happened over the night, uh, all the story. Yes. So the next match was Rosser, Rocky Romero, and Wheeler Utah versus TJP, Clark Connors, and Ren Narita. And TJP, Clark Connors, and Ren won the match. And I remember this was a really fucking exciting match. Like, I liked seeing Utah and TJP, their chemistry. Everyone, now, you guys were marking out for Rocky Romero, right? Uh, That's what I saw. You saw me rocking rockin No, <laughs> I just saw everyone. That Rocky yeah. Romero was getting big chance from the L.A. crowd. Yeah, of course. Rocky's an L.A. guy. So, yeah, he was getting some chance. Um, but this was but, about Rosser versus Narita, I mean, and they had yeah. an awesome just awesome chemistry throughout the match yeah it was a pretty good match of course you have to at the live venue um if you're not too close your mommy not paying as much full attention as you can yeah um and you know and i'm still even though we found a better spot to be i was still at that angle where i couldn't see the full ring because there were pillars oh, away and all shit. that stuff okay so the, so i had to deal with somewhat of an obstructed view that's why i'm excited to watch it the feed uh live because you know when you go to these matches um you're going to sacrifice some of the – I know it sounds weird, but you're going to sacrifice some of the watching of the matches, um, and you, you trade that in for the ambiance and the, and, the, and the atmosphere. Well, I could only imagine if you went to the Tokyo Dome and went to the like very top of the arena, you couldn't see or, any of the matches except for like on the TV. If you're, yeah, or if you're on the floor and you're any more than five rows – yeah you can't you're you're cut off to oh dude imagine 75%. being in the back row of the tokyo dome and where they had the entrance uh to this show where we were seated we did not see the entrance whatsoever they just kind of would come you know it was they could have done the entrance straight back maybe yeah. i don't know what the logistics are of that building but or you know somewhere a little centralized but they did it off to the side. So if you were on the left side of the ring from the TV side, you did not see any wrestler enter until mm. maybe they came down the ramp and you saw the top of their head as they walked towards the ring. Damn. Um, well, yeah. I, so this was one of this match you really didn't catch much of. Is that what you're kind of trying to say? Yeah. 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 Or, or you know, any of the multi-mans, uh, okay. You know, well, was, that's fine. It's more like the singles, singles matches. Yeah. Okay. I think the single matches is where you're able to kind of in that kind of environment. No, it was a good match. I do remember some spots in it. I don't remember it blow by blow, but it was a good match. Yeah. And yeah. I saw, you know, uh, those are a lot of good wrestlers in the ring. Narita is solid and, you know, TJP is fun to watch mm -hmm. him perform in the ring. So no, it was a good match for sure. And Fred Rosser has just, you I, know, but I know AKA. what you mean though. It's just uh it's, it's a, like a beast of being at any kind of venue there's situations there's things that happen in the area i mean it's you know unless you have like front row seats it's not always easy just to like you know get every get it all in when you want to yeah and i was so. trying to hand out some of my stickers and chat with some people and yeah um nice you know, trying awesome. to, i got i think out of all the stickers i handed out i got three new followers so far <laughs> oh that's fucking but awesome well there you go that's about. I think I I must have bought. I brought about seventy five of the. I I think and, for like every badass thing you do, you get like one follower. So that's yeah, how. I, like I, just, I think that's life in general. Because even for me, I'll I'll get I'll release the most badass rap ever. It'll get like hundred likes, and I'll get like one follower for it. I'm like, damn, thanks. Well, it's funny because sometimes the most random thing will get you a bunch of likes, and you're like, well, okay. It's like fuck. And I then didn't even work on that. 
and then sometimes you're like uh you know the mo- oh man this is gonna get me some little bit of steam or whatever and then it, nothing happens it's just yeah. the way it is so um, i guess that is how it is with art and comedy and fucking anything that you're creating on the go yeah any so, purposeful thing that you think is gonna be a huge hit is, maybe even know. with wrestling i mean people fuck yeah. up i've seen some real bad shit but uh you know i thought i'm gonna tell you this man as far as good wrestling goes i thought that leah rush chris dickinson fred yehi yuya uemura versus way yeah. too many names oh it's adrian quest also tom lawler jr kratis nelson isaacs danny limelight i thought it was really good for a few reasons but i think that it was like really like a, a pwg match or a um kind of more like a dragon gate match did you see it ha- as that um since i'm not really familiar with dragon gate matches mm. um i pwg in terms of what do you mean like in terms super of super like fast, fast paced man yeah, yeah spot yeah, yeah. fast super yeah. fast paced but also really good like oh no, shit I, like this is awesome I, I really love the chris dickinson yeah um stuff with tom lawler dude Um, i've never seen a guy wear bright purple shorts like that it brings me back to all japan because it's like these bright colored shorts and these dudes are in like the bright purple i great like chris dickinson was very impressive and i'll talk about some of the guys who i was really impressed with in person dickinson was one of them Mm. um you take on it he was one of the most impressive guys i saw in person and um and then there's always that thing is when you see him in person there's always like that wrestler that in person they impress you more for me it was darby allen and it was in a way chris jericho and Pac. but you know so chris dickinson for you was someone you saw live and you're just like oh that stood damn. out yeah. and and leo leo rush who i think i've seen at pwg before mm. um there was a lot of like don't retire chance and i think he has mm, yeah, is he I still retiring i don't I know, know some... what's going on with that all yeah. that dude because I would still love to see him in one it, a best of the Super Juniors. I think that would be really fun to have him in that tournament. Um, I would love to see up. him in like so many different things, man. Yeah, best of the Super um, Juniors. I'd love to see him go for the TNT title. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's so talented, and his speed is so much fun to watch. And just like. He, he's really the only one who does this kind of gimmick where he's so fast and no he, he's like yoshino from dragon gate i don't know if you watched him but it's just he's so fast no one can get him Da-da-da, he runs across the ring turns around goes under you goes over you almost like a Rey mysterio type of vibe that right could, right and i feel like uh he won't be that fast always but that kind of gimmick he he can go a long time with that he's a small dude yeah, and as you know, as long as he can keep cardio up, he doesn't have to worry about, um, you know, having to lift a ton of weight and stuff like that. So you, as long as you can keep your cardio halfway decent, because his cardio is way super above average. You can probably do it later and take little steps off as here you go, but still be way above average cardio in your mid thirties. You know? Oh yeah, man. I I mean. You can save those uh, spots where he runs across and goes around and go. You can save those for the big shows later mm-hmm. on. Um, so it was an awesome match, but the best part of the match, and the part of the match where I'm said you're you're not I'm not crying you're crying was at the end because Yuya Uemura got the pin. Now for me at home, this hit hard because this was a young lion 
getting a huge win, which you never yeah. fucking see in New Japan. So you guys had another historical moment here as Yuya Uemura, the young lion, gets a win over all the pro wrestlers. Now, can I ask you a question? Is yeah. he's still technically a long a young lion if he's out on excursion? Look, he But he is not a Japanese young lion wrestling in Japan, but he is a young lion because he had in in kayfabe he has not been accepted into the dojo yet into la because we saw oh, he, he was pulled in after that yeah that was so seeing shibata was awesome now now let's now let's go a little back here Shibata's so music when but. when yuya came out and uh i mean bowed to everyone and said you know i am yuya uemura i want to get stronger that was so fucking great dude they that turned. was so cool. That was awesome. So what I see here is that New Japan is turning a graduation into an angle, and I love that. I want them to do okay. this all the time. Any time that a young lion graduates, I'd love to see an angle. What What do you think about that? Is doing little graduation ceremony match type things for them? You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, I don't know if it was last week's, but the Super J Cast mentioned how. You know, they had the send-off matches for uh, Yoda Suji, who went over to RevPro, and for Yuamura, um, I guess they were against Naito and Okada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were great matches, sure. and, how, and, and the way they built up to them and all that, and the endings were fantastic. Um, but they never really made a big deal out of that before. So if you wanted to go find Okada, Naito, ha- uh, Tanahashi's final match before being sent off to Excursion, like number one, it might not even exist on video, mm. um, let alone be on uh, NW uh, NJPW World, and it wouldn't be labeled as such because it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just they go off. So mm. I love the fact that they have a proper send off from New Japan in that system, and then you kind of get to follow up on what they're doing on their excursions. Mm. Um, and, and especially now, I, um, I, I like America. it a lot. Yeah, now that it'll... just gives it an international vibe to it. Yeah, you know? it's the American. That this show. is a worldwide product. Yeah, I, I, we'll see about Yoda Suji. He'll probably be in Rev Pro. I hope they ramp up very soon and just keep yeah. going and do some good stuff. So, but right Have now, they not started back up consistently yet. Um, I, I, I no, really I, I, I mean, I, I just, I don't know exactly. I know they've done shows. But right. um, I'm I specifically would just want to see Yoda Suji on one of their shows. Oh, he's so awesome! Yeah, when like the show him. when he's on the show, I want to know if he gets a gimmick or whatnot. I'm sure he'll be good. But Yuya Uemura tonight looked huge, and you guys saw Shibata and Shibata did his little angle, and what an awesome thing to see live. Yeah. Like you said, no music for Shibata, but he was there. Yes, he was, and that, that was awesome. And he said, yeah. "Come with me," and everyone's like, "Fuck badass. yes, dude!" Yeah. So, but you know what? I was just thinking that LA Dojo shirt is very similar in the font to the the plain old the wrestler shirt. Is I it? I think it's actually exactly the same if you look at it. So mm. there's a symbolic thing to that. So there's a reason for it, for sure, yep. dude. Mm-hmm. We all knew it. So um, after this and all that big stuff that went on which was extremely exciting by this point i'm like oh this show's fucking badass i loved the the tag match dude i thought it was great and uh jr kratos really big motherfucker did he look big in real life yeah he's an impressive dude too 
Okay, um, yeah. He I just was like Yeah, he was pretty whoa. pretty impressive. It doesn't look like that. Well, I guess maybe he looked like someone that New Japan would have like I've been watching it that long. That's the that New Japan would have around in like the early zeros or just one of those mm. big Haas guys like a they would have in yeah, the I 90s. I could see that. I could see that for sure. But I am surprised he's never been uh, put into a big company until now, which is kind of crazy for He's probably way more buff like 10 years ago. But uh so after that we had the Hikaleo match versus Juice Robinson. You said what did you you thought Juice Robinson would win, right? I th- I I was I wasn't sure cuz it seems like they've kind of uh they Juice was okay, when I was in Japan and I would I Juice got one of the biggest responses from the Gaijin mm. roster like he the Japanese love juice robinson yeah and so much so where you know they gave him a good run with that u.s title um he was he wasn't intercontinental but he's had some runs he won a tag he won the tag tournament with finley right with finn with yeah finn juice so i mean he was always one of the and i i I love juice robinson i think i i like watching him and he's another guy that's actually a lot bigger than you think Mm, um even though he went against hikaleo Who's like six eight and big and impressive too when you mm. see him. Uh Juice Robinson's a good six three. Damn, um, dude. You know, at least. And uh That is pretty yeah, impressive. I think, yeah, I like Juice Robinson. I like the guys that are vocal during matches and stuff like that. And um I, I, I thought this match was pretty good too. I guess I was slightly surprised um that he went over Hikaleo, but um I was pretty surprised, man, because I don't know. I guess I don't really know Juice's future in the company, and maybe Juice is going to be in the G1 soon. Um, who knows? I heard a rumor that Juice and Jay White weren't going to be in the G1, and I think Jay White even said it in his promo that he's not going to be in the G1. You think they're going to keep a lot of Americans out of the G1? Um, well, I mean, I guess there was the rumor that, like... Because Osprey you know, said were... he's not going to be in it. Yeah. Oh, was it Osprey? Yeah. That was a whole other thing that just well, and we'll t- we'll t- we'll talk about well, that, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, just to finish up on Juice, um, you know, it was a roll up, right? So mm. you're still protecting Hikaleo with kind of the fluke victory kind of thing. So it's not as mm-hmm. you know clean uh, wins oh, a win yeah. in my mind, but I guess if you're trying to protect Hikaleo but still have Juice go over um, and seem legitimate, then you know that's what they did. So. Fun yeah, match. I liked it. Yeah, and you know, I I really don't have a ton to say about this match. I mean, yeah. as compared to all the matches before it, it was I didn't think it was as good as all the ones before it, and so I was kind of at this point a little like ah uh, like. Well, by this time, I think every, we were just happy to see a singles match that was easier to watch. In terms of just all the moving parts, you can't see about eighty percent of it going on. So I think you need to start uh, watching some Dragon Gate, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe after the show, you tell me how you actually watch that stuff. Um, yeah, not, watch some of the crazy like, matches. How you can view it or how you can access it, not how do you watch that crap. Not no, like that. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know what you mean, bro. It's all yeah. good. But the uh, the cool thing after it is that we had that match and uh, thought it was okay. And after this, it was Ishii versus Moose. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, dude. I heard Dave Meltzer say this earlier, but I was thinking it last night. When Ishii walks, he looks like he's crippled. Like, he's he's slumped. Yeah, he really, like, 
plays the whole neck down thing. I have no neck. He's like, uh, looks like he's done, but he's about um, five seven. The match was fucking crazy. I mean, yes. it was like Ishii versus this fucking extremely tall, like not. I, the last time I saw Moose, he was like really muscle muscle bound, but he's like extremely lean now, and I guess he does like all sorts of crazy shit now. So. Moose? was the most impressive guy I saw live in this show. There you um, hear it. And, you know, I was with my buddy who's kind of a, not, he's, I've taken him some shows and that's how he's gotten his, I'm trying to educate him. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and I was telling him this guy used to be an offensive lineman for the Falcons. He's like, he was an offensive lineman. And then he ex- executed one of the better drop kicks I've ever seen. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Okada like, um, oh fuck he yeah! Really, and he's like, "You're telling me this guy was an offensive lineman?" And I, I've heard of Muse, Moose, and I've seen him, and, I, and he did look slimmed down. For I, was, I haven't seen a lot of him, um, but I've never really seen like maybe him in a full-on match. And that dude in person too. That was the most impressive. Well, uh, and the cool thing was, and and I'm gonna tell you, I think why it was one of the most impressive things you saw is because. Moose has been wrestling for quite a while now. I, I watched him in ROH back in like 2015, right. uh, but maybe 16. But um, and but beyond that, it's because he was wrestling Tomohiro Ishii. Who yes, I imagine these guys putting a match together. They just say, and Ishii just let's go all out, you know. And I love the spot where he's like he couldn't beat him. He couldn't tackle him. And Ishii kept going for the tackle over and over, and it just yeah, and highlighted everything else in the match, man. I was trying to, you know, explain to my friend what, you know, Ishii's role in the company is, and he kind of just went to the old phrase of like always the bridesmaid but never the bride kind of thing. Um, he'll give you great matches every time he go he goes out there. Um, he'll get some wins here and there, but he's never put into that main event spot. Here and there he is, but whenever they need like a great match if they put someone on the other side of tommy ishii they know they're going to get something good so he's like the most dependable um you know one of the most dependable guys on the roster they're never going to strap with a rocket to him and make him a champ he's always going to be kind of that little side you know uh mid card to high mid card guy get an occasional main event here and there but he is one of the most talented that's for sure he's he's extremely talented um, he takes a beating and gives a beating. Um, guy barely leaves his feet. Um, the guy's like five <laughs> six, five I seven. Know. I already Another was five four. A, yeah. yeah, is he? Maybe I don't know. Moose is about six five. I heard it was and, six four versus five four, and it was a foot of difference, and it looked like it uh, on TV. Well, if, if she had a neck, he'd be five eight, right? So yeah, um, it looked like David and Goliath though at first. It was awesome. But I'll it say, awesome. like when Great they match. started like trading all the bombs, like back yeah. and forth, and fucking just fucking each other up the whole match, you're just like, yeah. dude, this is awesome. Like they were just it going was... at it, and then seeing honestly seeing Ishii, this little dude, pick up fucking that dude and slam him on his head at the end was just like, how? Yeah. So. It was... It was awesome. That was a really, that was a really, <laughs> really fun match. And the crowd loved it. Yeah, the fans were into that one for sure. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So after that, the fans got a little worked up again. Fucking New Japan. They wanted you guys worked up because they brought out Will Osprey at this point. 
there was a lot of shock in that crowd. It was, it was, it was, it, yeah, like, I don't think anyone was seeing it. And he came out in a black suit, and you, I'm like, oh, shit, that's Will Ospreay. What the fuck is he doing here? And, <laughs> you know, he did the whole CM Punk, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels with the second belt thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, called Shingo a pussy, which, you know. Oh, my God. Maybe you shouldn't do. And then that he was said funny. he wasn't going back to Japan. He was going to hold it up here. Does that mean that we have two champions now? Like, what is going on? I think they and, got two um, champions now. The interim and Shingo, man. I mean. That's what's going on. We got our American dude and the Japanese guy. It Yeah, pretty. That was that was nuts. They could push that. that they all. could push that to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and we'll get it. we'll get into more about this whole U.S. tour and yeah. imprint they're putting on there because I have mixed feelings about it, and mm. um, we could talk about that maybe when we're done with reviewing this show. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that was very shocking, and it was cool to be there uh, in the presence of that for sure. That's awesome, man. Um, and. I think I think it's a good angle. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm excited very, to see he Will was very, here. He was positively rece- uh, received, uh, mostly because I think the shock. Yeah, um, well, he's, he is he is like a superstar. I mean, he yeah. was the champion, and he as we'll talk about later is considered Americans, one of the best wrestlers in the world. And as we'll talk about later, Americans love the cocky heel. I I really think that's something that America. I don't know if that's a metaphor, yeah. but um, Americans love a good cocky heel. They so. like the asshole. That fucking. Yeah. That's probably why Jay White's so popular there. That, we'll, so, we'll get into that. So uh, John Moxley and Eugene Nagata. So we talked about they they faced the Good Brothers. We talked a little bit about this with the fireworks. Now on TV, it was extremely awkward. It was kind of like. The crowd is dividing its attention between the fireworks and the wrestlers. And I'm thinking like, oh boy, the wrestlers are probably kind of like confused too. So they the have to play it I off. Was really, I was really watching the wrestlers to see if there was any reaction out of them. And they did a good job of kind of just keep going, just keep going. I think that maybe the referee and the earpiece was telling them that's not just, you know, there's no malfunction or anything going on. Just keep going like the match. Mm. I thought it was awesome as a, like I get to see a, a pretty a match going on and I look up at the fireworks. It was really I imagine. Cool. I imagine it'd yeah. be unique to be there. It's it was just very unique. Awkward. It was that. Were the, was were the announcers acknowledging it? Um man, I don't remember. I think I watched it in Japanese. I yeah, I think uh, I think they they yeah, they definitely acknowledged it actually. Hanabi fireworks in Japanese, and they definitely said something about that. So okay, I wonder if they're saying like, "Oh, that's just some malfunction. We're gonna keep going here, or whatever." I think that was just mentioned like, "Oh, look, it's fireworks. What the fuck?" Uh, and then like they just kept commenting. So, what was the response from Nagata coming out from the uh, excited? Thing? They sounded like they liked him. Okay. Okay. Why? What were I, you thinking? I, I I didn't know if it was a stale response or if it was. You know where the fuck's Eddie Kingston, or you know I don't want Sam. Or where's uh, Umino? Ever since I've seen Shota. Sammy Callahan spit into people's beer at PWG shows and spit Ew. on the fans, I don't want to be anywhere near him. I will never support him now. <laughs> you know what I mean, bro? Yeah. Although one of my friends got hit with Adam Cole's gum at Battle of Los Angeles, oh, but that's not <laughs> Adam Cole's fault. 
but um you well, he did spit it out but i'd rather get hit by gum than someone's just flat out he spit, didn't choose him though he just spit it randomly yeah but anyway yeah sammy callahan was not there which was fine with me Yuji nagata was cool to see because that dude is still you know fun to watch well um, the, the thing that sucks is the match just was like kind of like john moxley went out minutes. and then nagata like got pinned and it was weird like oh shit yeah. okay so moxley just really didn't have much to do with the match at all which was he had to do with the later part of the show i would say almost more than this match i they're obviously using that to set up an AEW angle so i think that was just a vehicle to um you know to get um you know maybe moxley on the show they're like just give you know we want to strengthen this angle can Mm -hmm. you use him to do that because they're putting him in it in the good brothers spot well, it uh, I mean, it was interesting, but I I it definitely wasn't one of the better sh- matches for me. I was so. hoping that would be the match where we'd see them fight into the crowd, and maybe they would run by us and stuff like that. <laughs> um, well, you know, as we only... saw with Osprey, um, kind of jumped the fence on the other side of us, so we didn't really see mm. where he went. And uh, we had that whole L.A. Dojo kind of rat thing. They came happen. out at him. Yeah, which that, was that's, like TJP. That's, Are we going to see TJP and Will Ospreay? Like, I mean, probably. I, be pretty I don't know. Good match, I think it's but... kind of cool that LA Dojo has become a stable. Like you say, Chaos right. and fucking uh, Los Singles and then you say, oh shit, well LA Dojo. Imagine sure. if COVID gets better, which may never happen. I have no clue nowadays. Yeah. But uh, imagine um la dojo like being in the g1 climax or something you know and then put in, and they all wear their shirts and fucking you know what i'm saying why not or just kind of they come one day and invade a little bit who knows oh that'd be sick man so uh i'll tell you this though uh okay so after this we went to the jay white versus david finley and uh so I'll just tell you this, man. David Finley, um, he seemed to be very not well re- received. And also, no. like, um, he had just done an interview lately talking about leaving the company. So why do you think he wasn't well received? Was it because of how much people fucking love Jay White? Or do you think it had yes. something to do with because he – you just don't – it, it was maybe a combination. Of Jay White, when you see the two of them, Jay White has a charismatic – presence to him okay and, and it's also the americans love that cocky heel that talks a lot of shit mm. and um connor mcgregor the way that, style yeah and the way jay white presents himself is i mean i love i think david finley's great i love watching his match like the match was great and that match they had in the new japan cup was tremendous um but the american fans when you compare the two are going to just overwhelmingly go for, and I think there's probably kind of that element of maybe some casual fans that really didn't, weren't familiar with David Finley Mm. as well. Um, you know, I was surprised man, because like Finley had won some big matches in new Japan and I always thought of him as a crowd favorite, but in in Japan he is. Is in it, Japan, it's, it, it is. It's that flipped yeah. in America, huh? Absolutely, it, it is. It's almost felt Jay like White the Bret Hart is so in Canada popular versus... in America. He, he's yeah. You know that's interesting, man. Like Jay White, Switchblade, he, he kills Switchblade, it in America. Switchblade merch might have been 
definitely in the top two or three of the most popular gear you saw out there wow there was a lot of switchblade gear but it wasn't just the um pro switchblade it was the anti finley stuff that oh, was the, that was yeah. the most surprising i'm not surprised that so what i'm saying he was are... being booed bro they yeah, were like talking he was literally shit to being, him they booed david finley out of there and i kind of felt bad for the guy but at the same time you know you have to recognize um you know jay white's a damn star and mm. you know it, he's got such an you know and i'm not saying that david finley doesn't have any charisma but when you it's unfair comparison to compare him to jay white's yeah you know, and i've never seen him live but presence. it sounds like he has something to him um so yeah. that's really yeah. exciting so i mean and yeah. he showed it off afterwards he gave a promo and he was the second person to mention wrestling anywhere, any place, anytime, AEW, this, this, that. Yeah. How did you guys feel about him saying, like, I'll wrestle in AEW, I'll wrestle in oh, Impact? When you start hearing, especially AEW, the fans went crazy. Yeah. Okay. They loved it. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, after that, finally, it was... The ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. How did uh, the crowd feel about Tanahashi? Oh, they were in love with him. There was there was some Murderhawk monster chance. I would probably call it 60-40, maybe 75-25. What did, yeah. From your end, what was... It's. I think when you're watching at home, maybe you get a better sense of what the crowd was. But, I mean, at the end, it was a love fest with Tanahashi and I had to get as close as possible. I sent you some of the video yeah. at the end. I got pretty close to the ring and stuff and it was just a beautiful moment. And it was, it, it, was great. It, it was, it was from TV. It was from picture and uh, man, this match was cool. Uh, Tanahashi came out like he looked like a God to the crowd. Uh, he, Archer was respected for sure. Like, people liked him, too, and uh, he proved to be like, more likable as he went on. But, obviously, Tanahashi was the huge baby face, and yeah. I thought they had an awesome match, dude. Like, I, I'm, you know, uh, how can you be any more impressed with what Tanahashi does? He always delivers in every circumstance. He's, he's one of the greatest ever to do it. Yeah. Um, especially in, in, in Japan, and... You know, I know I said Moose was the most impressive, but just like overall, like just presence and feel. I mean, Tanahashi, the dude's a god, you know, and mm-hmm. in the cheesy sense and in the badass sense, like he checks a lot of boxes. Like, you know, a lot of people say he's the John Cena of Japan. And yes, there is that element of like the goody two shoes kind of thing about him, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dude's just a badass he'll you know the dragon screw leg whip and the working the body parts there's a lot of he just reminds me of like he's got some bret hart in him in, t- in terms of and and how he fires up ability. dude and how he like yeah and then he comes with the fucking hit this the like slap and then obviously kicking out when you're like no this dude's finally done and then getting up and hitting multiple high fly it, flows from the top rope as this dude is in his like how old what the fuck like he you know what like i would say he's he's 50 percent bret hart he's 25 percent owen hart and then he's got a little bit of like kind of that rob van dam style too in terms of the frog splash i guess he had a little trinkle 
with the frog splash, but yeah. he's almost like a blend of Brett Owen Hart. Well, he definitely has the, the technique, man, and he definitely has that, yeah, the, this the way he does moves and the just the the complete way that he just hits it hard and he and can I just, sell. I, I've always been a big fan. I don't know why. Maybe it's because, you know, when I like one of the matches, like the Bret Hart Diesel stuff where, you know, you get the guy who's, you know, not as tall and he chops the tree down, goes after the leg and mm. works him. In, you know what I mean? I thought we were going to see this maybe end with a uh, Texas cloverleaf, mm. you know, mm-hmm. but three high fly flows. How freaking awesome was that? And I, don't know I if could they only... it, but uh, Lance Archer, you know, totally gave him a nice baby face speech. So afterwards. we saw was after the match that Lance Archer just like was like, I respect you. And yeah. And yeah. like, I love working with you. And the cool part that he said was like, you want to come to AEW? You can come to oh, AEW, man. but I'll tell you this: I'm getting another shot at that belt. It was it was so, wonderful. They set and, up and angles everywhere on this show, dude. It which was I like loved. Easter. It was Easter Egg City, and um, who knows if they'll even acknowledge half of them? But if if they do, that would be outstanding. And this, it, yeah, there's a lot of. It reminded planted. this reminded me of more like a New Year's Dash show from a long time ago or more like a Dominion or something. Like there was all wasn't. sorts of surprises and crazy it, movements it, in the company. It definitely wasn't a house show. Um, and Lance Archer is another guy that just came off like a star too. Yeah. Even though I don't know if you guys got the tramp stamp they were chanting at oh, him, which boy. is pretty hilarious. Well, he's got a Chris, and, Christian tattoo all over him, right? Like crosses. Uh, it looks. He's got yeah, crosses. Know, he's he's got oh. a Jesus tramp stamp, dude. But there was people chanting tramp stamp, and he was flipping them off and saying "shut up." It was great. He he plays with the crowd really well, and um, he's he's an impressive guy live too. The guy does a goddamn backflip off the ropes. Yeah, um, look, he's fucking crazy, man. No, he, he's, he's guy awesome. That's, and... You know, in his early forties too, and yeah, it was it was that was a, a that was a great match and a perfect way to close the night with some Tanahashi on air guitar sending the crowd. Uh, yeah, happy. dude. Now that's when the fireworks should have gone off. Oh, what like maybe that's when they were supposed. Yeah, to. maybe they. You think they mistimed him? But I couldn't think of a better ending, and you know, I thought there was a way maybe they would keep that belt there. But then I'm like, you got to have Tanahashi win that belt and, you know, kind of, um, you know, that's why I was really glad a couple years ago. Was it Wrestle? When it was when he beat Kenny? Was it WrestleMania, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 13? Wrestle or Kingdom. Uh, 12 or 13 when he beat 13, Kenny? maybe. 13. Um, I was really happy for that moment because I feel like there was a lot of people, including myself, that really didn't see Tanahashi in his heyday. And as at that time, like it was mm. almost at its peak. It was it, if it wasn't at its peak, it was getting it was very close to the peak of the popularity of New Japan with the domestic, uh, with yeah, the, yeah, not yeah, domestic, yeah, 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 but yeah. the American yeah. foreign audience. Oh, and it was it, at that point, um, and I think it was really cool to give Tanahashi that type of moment um, because well, he's a guy the, that the, kept the, the company alive. He's been doing you know? that for since no, he, he has, started to, but you know? that's what I'm saying is that he has been doing that. You know, he's basically you know that company just rode yeah. him probably for a decade but he yeah. got that moment as it was gaining that popularity in the united states and worldwide that it didn't have before so 
you know, you could say that, you know, it's like Don Mattingly who played for the Yankees. They won a World Series the year before he was a rookie, and they won a World Series the year after he retired, and he never won a World Series. Wow. Right? So Tanahashi could have had that feeling that where sucks. he was this amazing star, and then by the time it gets real popular with the United States crowd and whatnot, that, you know, he's kind of on the downside of his career. Mm. And you know doesn't but so I'm really glad he got that moment. But then he's, he's he just keeps going. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and, you know, and it's amazing. And it's you can see sometimes he's limping around and doesn't look his best in the ring. But he's still he just reminds me. You know, I know I hate to use another baseball analogy, but you know, of a great pitcher that maybe doesn't have his best stuff that day, but still gets just seven good innings and only gives mm. up a couple of runs. Like yeah. he still guts it out. Um, and that's what just Tanahashi does. Even though when you know he's not in the best shape, he still guts it out and, you know, gets a great performance out. He, he definitely exactly he definitely gets it done. He pushes his body to lengths that I can only imagine some only some of the best athletes do. And it is incredible, and he was incredible on Saturday yeah. night. Now, if we go back one day to Friday night, did you watch AEW? I did. I watched Rampage, cool. and... Um, I thought it was great. Um, that thought, opening match, Christian and Kenny Omega. How good was that? I thought it was. I thought it was fucking awesome. I I'm yeah. a big fan of Christian, man. I'm I'm kind of like one of those Tony Khan guys. That's like I think Christian's great, and but I'm one of the dudes that like always likes the stuff that's not popular. So it's like I'm like yeah, Christian's better than Edge all the way. So I mean I've always been that way since I knew him as a kid, even in the Brood. So I was excited, man, when I saw fucking Christian beat him. And he won a title against him, and now Kenny Omega is the first time he's lost in fucking how long? It was awesome. Yeah, and I had to tell my uncle because I watched it, and I, I watched the early feed, and he, he has on a cable like, "Hey, man, I get you got to watch Rampage tonight because he loves Christian and Edge. Those are two nice. of his favorites." And I said, "Great opening match on Rampage tonight, Christian and Kenny Omega." And he responded, "My boy, Christian." I'm like, "Yeah." nice and i saw him this morning he came to watch you know the boys play hockey and yeah like man that was that was great match the whole show was great so damn he watched um, the whole show huh yeah yeah yeah. he's starting to watch AEW more now so um, that's because like is this shit's actually good like you said you recommended to someone they're like oh damn that was actually pretty badass yeah it seems like like we've said before that um they spent they they started from scratch and now the you know the babies are starting to walk yeah know, with the storylines and they're they're toddlers they're in preschool now and you're they're starting to see the fruits that are labeled you because they they didn't just come in with like an adopted eight-year-old or 12-year-old kid they <laughs> they started with a little baby and they were going to take care of it and raise it yeah and now you're they're kind of starting to see the fruits of their labor oh um, yeah and you know that's when it's a good time to have some friends that don't you know that are trying to get back in wrestling like this is a good time to jump in at aew because a lot of their stuff is starting to to flourish oh yeah like- yeah it's just kind of yeah i would agree with that man there's the, some of these feuds going on they are going for a little while they're getting bigger and they're kind of stewing right now and in, in a it's little been while like a crock pot you know you put yeah. that you know uh pot roast in there for 12 hours and it's you know it falls apart and it's great and tender and that's like you know what they did with Kenny Omega's build. Yeah, and know, imagine right imagine away. when Omega finally does go against Cowboy. Right, and that's just, gonna be. 
name other people on that roster they can square up against him at some point too and true um you know instead of just sticking kenny in the microwave and having him because a lot of people are like okay look you're having this show on tnt you got to get your you know kenny omega is the biggest kind of talent you have put him out of the shotgun and throw him out there right away and good on them for doing what seems to be the right thing was okay we're gonna put kenny on the back burner for a year and we're gonna slowly build it up and Look how it's paid off. Dude, I'm going to say this, man. Yeah, I, The epic Okada run, the legendary one, you had Okada versus a lot of different people from all the all of New Japan and out of New Japan like Marfuji from Noah. And in that run, man, like you knew Okada was going to win quite a few of these matches, but you were excited to see it because you know it was going to be fucking great. Even the evil match wasn't that bad. The Shibata match, everyone knew back then that Okada would beat Shibata. Yeah. There was no question about it. But the match ended up fucking being a legendary match that, that destroyed one person um, and yeah. uh, cemented Okada's legacy. So. I'm okay knowing who's going to win, which it's Kenny. I'm sure Kenny will win this big match, but if they can put on this epic match, man, or and Kenny will look back in history and be like, oh, this was the most epic run ever. Kenny beat Christian, and Kenny beat this guy. Well, Kenny and lost to Christian. But no, here's the no, thing, Well, too, I'm talking is... about with the AEW championship. I'm not talking about Impact. Oh, right, right, right. But the AEW thing that was actually you know, kind of the playoff of that, too, is they knew they couldn't come in and and go with that approach of kenny the best bout machine has all these great matches they needed to build up more of character and storyline because i think that's what's more consumable by american fans anyway you got i agree have, i agree you know i agree they did they do you're right because they with, couldn't just come in and say this guy has 60 minute matches and they're like i'm not watching those 60 minute match you know you're you are right they do have to build up with using storyline but I think they've done a good there's simp i think what they've realized is there's simple ways to make angles and storylines it's really not complex it's like this guy runs out to beat up this guy it's it's wrestling yeah. it's fucking you know how it is like it's it's simple it's you don't have to make a crazy story it's just like i don't like you i beat you up fucking now i take your title like so um i i and and Miro, the way they've built Miro back up after, like, what are they doing with him at first? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I kind of waited for Lana that. On, her, on that, though. What do you think? Because I would bring her in, right? Like, they're so they're even better together. <sighs> you know, their dynamic was great with the whole, you know, coming out with the tank to WrestleMania and her, her promos and the Russian accent. Um, I don't know. It's, you don't want to say no to having someone like Lana on screen on a regular basis. There's there's a lot of positives <laughs> to that for sure. I mean, but, dude. Um, I right now with the whole Miro thing, like I wouldn't. Do you think I we're still in that building if, phase? And I think there's a little bit of an ain't broke don't fix it right now. Ah. Uh, uh, element to it, um, but eventually I think. So it's something they can consider. Did you see how imagine. he choked out Fuego del Sol? Yeah, it was cool because he gave him the accolade, then laid back and like his yeah. the, his like feet leg tucked under him and stuff. Oh, and... He's, yeah, that's bad. I think he did that to some other guys when he was doing that huge run in WWE at the beginning where he was undefeated, won the U.S. title. It's like the super accolade or game yeah. over. It's the game over. Sorry. Uh, right. Well, 
I mean, this match is what it was, man, but they gave Fuego Del Sol a contract. I don't really know Fuego Del Sol, so honestly, I don't really care. That I heard he got that a was a uh, that was a. Um, I was a fan uh, for the entire moment. time that fucking COVID was happening. Like, where, where, when did he wrestle? Is it is he a dark guy? A dark probably. Dark I, I think guy? I've only watched two or three episodes of Dark, and I think it's I watched awesome they have the it. first episode of Dark, and that's about it. Yeah, and it's you know I think I watched one of them like how many matches are on this thing? It was like twelve hours or something. <laughs> and I think it's great they have it, and they should continue to have it. It's good training, giving, right? They're giving a lot of people a lot of chances to. It's basically all just, the wrestlers you know, get to a tryout just, show. Right? Well, but even then, no, like even the top guys just go on it they, and just wrestle. They mix some angles in there, and I, I, it's great. And more content, the better. I don't have to watch all of it, you know. I think it's, it's just there. a thing to keep wrestlers wrestling. But that's, that's okay it because before. it's also that's, it's also entertaining to some. But that's why you know one of the reasons why I respect Tony Khan and you know what they're doing is, you know he 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 paid a lot of guys during the pandemic when a lot of companies weren't, and he brought some guys in to to wrestle on dark and yeah you know gave everyone a chance to to you know and on the as indie he continues to, to he's signing mo- probably more people than any other company. Like if you looked at the graph. And I don't know uh, Brandon Sanderson or whoever says this, but I don't know about like, but I feel like AEW has hired a lot of people where AE, uh, yeah. WWE has not hired a lot well, of people. That's a whole other segment we can have with what WWE has been doing lately. But, you know, I think they've lost, they've let go of a hundred, you know, wrestlers since the pandemic started. Yeah. Overall. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a crazy situation, man. So what did but you... AEW hasn't just been signing ev- everyone under the sun. They've been pretty selective with who they're bringing in. I agree. I, think. I agree. Yeah. I just hope they don't fucking bring in The Fiend. I don't need to see it. I don't want to see it. Like, let him wrestle in, in PWG, bro. But, I uh, know, keep him off AEW. I don't... No. I, I don't think you necessarily have to have The Fiend. But I would love no, no, that not the Bray Wyatt, not Bray Wyatt. No, no, well, or Wyndham Rotunda. Is there a better name than that? I mean, come on, Wyndham Rotunda. Is he going to start all over as Husky Harris? Named. (laughs) No, I think he could have a lot to contribute. Um, Well, let him show that in the minor leagues first. Oh, where? I think we'll fucking let him go to Philadelphia, wrestle in the Indies. Stop. Texas. No, I think I, I think he would he would be. I think right now I I wouldn't bring I, I would maybe say hey man we're gonna bring you in about six eight months when we get some things out of the way mm. when we need a new angle because to me I'm holding CM Punk until there you the Jericho go. MJF thing is done. I want to see. I know we've talked about whether you love or hate CM Punk, but I couldn't think of a better way to bring CM Punk in than have him in a, with a mic in his hand against MJF. That would be pretty damn cool, but I think he's going to go against Darby Allen first, right? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, MJF's been dropping a little Easter eggs with the CM Punk stuff, too. But Well, we'll find out on Dynamite, if, right? Because if maybe. they finish the the Chris Jericho storyline, the yeah. labors of Jericho, then we'll see what happens. So, Well, here's the thing, too. I mean, uh, could you imagine, uh, you know, the, the way that they could do the, C- the, J- the MJF and cm punk thing is they wouldn't have to touch each other for six eight months they could play it out with those two guys just 
promoing each other for six eight months without touching each other and then you can have a big event next summer with them it's it's possible for a year though no you're gonna have to get some no, physicality I, I've, they with their microphones no, but, I just you know, don't see it because MJF you, has a posse too that you know he's got his group but here's the thing they, you know the, CM what do they Punk, call again CM Punk does not have a pinnacle CM Punk pinnacle, is a loner right. right now bro right, so he's right. gotta get his own crew first before he starts talking shit on the mic otherwise he'll get beat up by all six of them well, we'll see but I mean I think just I think there's just some just a money with those two guys with mics in their hand going back and forth at each other that would be gold I think it will be as well. I think it'll be fucking great eventually when we do see that. And with Brian in the whole mix, it just adds a whole new dimension, especially with New Japan talent. I see Kenta versus Brian rematches from years ago that fans will go crazy for, plus all the top talent in both companies, plus Brian versus Punk. Why is no one talking about this? Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk had great matches in WWE. Have you seen them? No. Champion versus champion matches that were extremely entertaining. Yeah. So why don't we just why don't we just bring in Punk and then just have him immediately face Brian? Do you think that'd be a cool idea? Obviously it's not going to happen, but what's your idea on that? I don't know. I I think I need a little bit more of a kind of build to that. Or a okay. reason for it to happen right away. Just instead than... of like, we both just signed here, so let's beat each other up. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Like, I, I'm not quite the WWE fan that needs a big storyline, so to say. But at the same time, I don't think you could New Japan book it where these two are going to have a 60 minute, uh, you know, match where the you know the times are announced every 10 minutes. I don't think. I would need a little bit more of a build for that because they both come in as huge baby faces. I think if you were going to do something like that, one of them would have to be clearly a heel or have some kind of past. You never, you never know what will happen, man. Yeah. I could see well, Punk coming in they, as a heel. It's a possibility. Punk, what if they throw Punk coming in as a heel going after Colt Cabana? I don't think they're going to do some shit like that, bro. And actually, now that I think about it, why would you ever want CM Punk to be a heel right now? He's like the most popular he he fucking... Be. Yeah. It's so. like JY trying to be a heel, you know... In I America. Mean, there are some punk detractors, but the ones that go to the wrestling shows... they're Who is it? Punk. Your uncle? My uncle doesn't hate... He says CM Punk's the worst champion ever. And this is a guy who loves heels, but he always just thought, you know, with the whole CM Punk... He thought he was baby. trash, huh? He's a crybaby, you know, always complaining about not being recognized. Like, he doesn't like that shit, so. I get um, it. Although, he loves The Miz, though. Oh, and, you know, but The Miz sucks. He loves, ah, Miz is very entertaining, but he loves The Miz. Maybe you know, back in the day when he was with fucking Damian Sandow, but I don't so know. Good. Dude, uh, did, do you, did, did you see that Cody's in a new show with his wife? You know, it's funny that you mentioned the that roads, or is it what it called like up um, into the roads? I I ran into the I heard the story with I, I drew the picture for and got the bubbly right. I told you that right. I ran into the guy who's you know, you know that's his company, mm-hmm. and he was talking to me about how they're making a a wine for brandy mm-hmm. next. What a rosé? Yeah, he's yeah, it's wow. coming out like you know, kind of in sequence to the show and he's like you know and i'm like cody i love the stuff he does outside like in terms of like 
I think he's probably got a good mind for wrestling because, you know, he's, I think he does a lot of creative stuff in the storylines that are going on. And I just said, but his character, man, I just feel like he's being like this, he's being a heel right now. And we just don't, uh, he's playing like some kind of game where he's Mm. pretending to do all these goody goody things like hand his weight belt to a kid. And, you know, like, I don't know, some of the stuff like I, one pod, one podcast I listened to that we watched wrestling, they mentioned that the main way he comes out there and says like, you know, with the whole my baby's gonna be African American and white. It's like the way he made it kind of sound was like, like his interracial marriage has you know cured all racism in America or something like that. You know. Well, he. I mean, he's. I. I mean, he's supposed to be like this super happy right baby face character so he's he's appealing to everyone right he's doing the diversity thing right yeah but um i don't know i just feel it's some of the stuff is so like 80s mid-south baby face stuff that you know he probably agrees and is okay with that but that's what i'm saying i think that (laughs) he's doing it in a way where you know the old he's playing chess and we're playing checkers kind of thing and one day it's just gonna come so head. are you gonna watch roads to the top episode by episode no i'm not gonna no no i don't just, think i'll I dig mean, in either because no. i mean it's probably it's just, just another program, reality right? show yeah it's just i'm just not into that kind of stuff you know i already total saw divas, total divas so i'm good with yeah. it i've seen I mean, I total bellows of that it's okay it's just not it's you know. just as fake as the fucking wrestling, dude. Of course it is. This course, shit is yeah. them like, let's fly to Cancun together. And like, what the fuck? So that's not a normal thing. Like, all these girls don't just go to Cancun together on the regular, like, just for fun. Like, they paid for it and then videotaped it. So Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, it's, yeah, it's as fake as, yeah, anything. I but, agree, um, man. So. I mean, yeah. It's not my type of programming. So we got, um, a, you know, moving back to New Japan and thinking about the future. Um, they're doing some touring. You said you had some feelings on like the touring schedule, right? And moving right. forward. So go ahead. So I love seeing that there people are going to get to see all these New Japan stars in the United States. I. I they only I, like I think it's great, and you know I I would love to go see another one if you know, you know there's one in Riverside, which is a couple hours from here, why, near why San Diego, right? Uh, way east, inland. Oh, uh, oh okay. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's further a little southeast, um, couple two and a half hours or so, two hours. Um, I San Jose, I probably won't go up there, but what you know that's great. Um, I'm not going anywhere to Texas to see what they're doing over there but i i at the same time uh maybe this is like oh my the product that i love seeing and a lot of it was seeing the matches and seeing everything in japan so i feel like something that i you know i have to share it like with everyone now and it feels like it's not my thing anymore in a way like very selfish of me but then i also feel like it's being watered down a little bit and i feel like a lot of Mm. the things that are that are going on here um, should be going on domestically in Japan because I think they really need they, that that um, end of the world right now in their storylines everything could use an injection of what's going on 
in the United States. Well, obviously though they don't they only have the clap crowds there right now yeah. and with the vaccine situation in Japan which is improving, um there's some issues with that as well. So maybe they just figured, "Hey, like in America there's like cheering fans and you know, vaccinations and so they just did the big angles there." Uh, the New Japan actually um, announced that their entire roster is now 100% vaccinated. Oh, okay. Well, that's really cool. In, Shit. in the last week. and But I think that in Japan, they've been um, giving vaccinations to corporations so they can mm. give them to their employees. That's been their kind of, you know, uh, you know, approach to getting more people vaccinated there. I don't know how what their percentage of people vaccinated is. Uh, I think the last time I checked, it was around 25, 30%, um, mm. you know, which is pretty good uh, for where they were improving you know, three, four months ago. Um, in terms of that, you know, our country is a whole other ball game, but yeah, at least everyone they're sending Oops. over here, I, it appears, you know, Tanahashi, she, if, if I'm listening to their, they're vaccinated and safe, but um and I'm not even talking about the clap crowd version, but I, you know, I see what's going on in New Japan, and there, obviously there's still some good stuff going on over there. But and I, I hope Kota Ibushi is getting better because that was a pretty yeah. And I don't know what's going on, and there has been no news, which is not good news. So yeah, it's not cool. Um, so I hope he's doing all right. Um, yeah, I have a feeling that we're gonna see Kevin Kelly in Japan for the G1, but there's a lot of stuff going on here concurrently. So it's almost like I, I just really hope the. I don't know if he's going on... to Japan for the G1. That's very well, questionable. Know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I just really hope that there is still. I I really hope the G1 has as much. Let's top hope they are able to put possible. on a big tournament because uh, it's just the. <sighs> but you know, man, I'm not hearing a lot of buzz about it. So we'll see what happens. And that's my dude. my other negative to all this is a lot of it seems to be going on to when the G1 is going on and. I really hope the G1 still gets the rub it deserves and the and the um, spotlight in that company that true. But you know, I'll you know, say this, man. New Japan usually treats the G1 with a lot of respect, and they do a lot of cool stuff there. I don't think I've ever seen a bad one since I've been watching since God 2015. Oh, so you know, here's here's what I would do, and this just came to the top of my head. Tell me what you think about this. We got a 40 wrestler G1 this year. Okay, and this is mm -hmm. all an assumption that they're going to do a, a two-night Wrestle Kingdom. Um, Forty wrestlers. You have a G one. You have two brackets, or you have four brackets. Okay, A, B, C, and D. Okay, A and B. A and B are in Japan. C and D are in the United States. Okay. Yeah. You have two concurrent G ones going on, um, at the same time. And then I'm just going to say 40 is too much. Can we go 20 and put 10 in Japan and 10 in America? You could do that too. You 40 that too. is, we don't want 40. This is not like, I feel like when you, you go to the biggest G whenever you start putting a lot of bad athletes in the mix. I think we can, we can do an episode where we just make up that 40 man G one. And I bet you with the 40 guys we come up with, we'll be like, I am happy with this. The four. I think this can go 40 deep with, the wrestlers between Impact, New Japan, and AEW, I think you can put together a 40-man 
uh, G1 that you're like, okay, there's not with a, not a lot of you. We could you got to put a couple pin eaters in there, but I think you could put together a super sexy tournament that way. And then night one, so you have the G1 in the United States and Japan, where you'd have the two finalists from their two blocks would you know have a final. And then night one of the G1. No, and then you'd do the, yeah, you'd do their other show in America and have their final. And then they would, when would the ultimate final be, bro? Night one of Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, okay. So we're going to have another double gold dash type of deal. Yeah. We have the tournament to get. And then, of course, whoever has the belt has to challenge the first night, too. So he's going to have to go against someone on night one. And the tournament on night one. And then the two winners will go against each other night two. There's our armchair booking, right? Yeah, so I think you could really put together a 40-man, a 20-man G1 with AEW guys. Uh, so you can put Kenny in it. You could put, you know, freaking Jungle Boy. Well, could be I, don't think, I don't think most Americans want to work in the G1. Jay it White, only takes will a bunch Ospreay. of crazy people. So... You know, but you know what? Jay White, Will Ospreay, like those are guys right away. Put so them in that American it, G1. It is bracket. it is a good idea, and I would love David Finley, Tomatonga. I would we, love we keep going. for uh, for them to surprise Osprey with it to freak him out. Like, and you're gonna be in the G1 in America, and he's like, "Oh fuck, fuck you! I don't want to be in the fucking G1." How would they pull off that authority figure kind of? Action. Oh yeah, that's kind of true, huh? They could just show that's it on TV. They could just show the schedule on TV. Yeah, but I I could see just like I don't know how you would televise it all out here, but maybe you put it on World and it would be like a New Japan Strong kind of. Uh, well, thing. we'll see if they throw it onto their little schedule going on here because that's what's going on, man. They already announced their schedule. Then they're doing that San Jose things. San Jose show in November. So I just I just feel I I you know. You have the the stuff kind of feeling separate is what kind of makes me feel like it's watered down. But if you can find a way to tie it all back to Japan, because I think the ultimate goal. Oh, I'm sure anyone, they will. I think that, you know, like they say, like, if you're not trying to be the world champion, then what's the point? I think everyone's goal, the goal that's involved in some type of New Japan should be like, I want to make it to the Tokyo Dome. Uh, and I think that is the thing, man. I've heard them say yeah. that. I've heard Chris Dickinson say that. I've heard. A lot of yeah, these guys well, I know, say that. but I mean, that is those guys, the guys, but the way that this whole thing is being planned and all that mm. doesn't, I'm in, I like, I don't like hearing someone like Will Oscar say, I don't want to go back to Japan or, you know, I'm here to represent new, you know, like, I think everyone should, it should I, all I still agree. go through Japan. I just think all this is going to change when restrictions change, man. Because right yeah, now, America is the better place to put on live shows. I mean, uh, you're not wrong. That's and so true. they're and then, going to put those twists and the swerves here. And, and it's I just think how also it is. They're building towards, I think they're going to try and do a big AEW slash New Japan slash Impact, you know, maybe even Ring of Honor at some point, super duper show. Now, that would US. be sick, bro. They could like put that in an arena for sure. Yeah, I think they're. I think that's something they're working towards, middle of next year, if not a little sooner. Did you hear that, that somewhere else? No, I'm just like from the way that they're doing all these little Easter eggs everywhere, and you know the Impact guys showing up on. I I feel like they're gonna combine for some kind of big show. It, if there is something like this, though, I think it'll be under the AEW banner because it's the biggest yeah, company. It will. 
I so. think, and they they have the biggest bankroll. I mean, when you really really want to think about it, they they got deeper pockets than. But WWE I can see does. them putting on a super show, man. Um, for sure. Like at this point, when you have Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and the New Japan and all that, they've already sold out Madison Square Garden back in the day. So I'm sure they could sell it something much bigger. I mean, CM Punk himself is selling out a huge arena in Chicago. And are we are I mean, are we sure? CM Punk? Yes, come on, dude. Is he gonna wrestle on it? I mean I don't know what here? he's gonna do, but he's gonna come out and talk to people for sure, and that's what they want to see. Chicago would sell out even if it wasn't CM Punk. I well, think. but it will I, be. I, and they asked I Tony think... Khan in an interview, Hey, is CM Punk gonna be there? And he said, I don't know, but that's a great question to answer. Or that's a great question right. to ask. Right. But I think they're looking towards, you know, we're talking about next gonna fuck year. They're not going to fuck their whole, like, crew. I, I would say next spring they're looking to be, like, at a baseball stadium kind of That'd be size. cool. Yeah. That'd be fucked 000. up if CM Punk came out, took the mic on uh, Friday, and it was like, I'll see you guys on Dynamite, and just went back. Or I'll see you on Dark. <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck? They like, there's like, we sold twenty four thousand or whatever, fourteen thousand for this. I'll Jesus. see you at, you know, Dark the impact, elevation, the impact zone. Oh my god, I'll yeah. see you at the impact zone. Yeah, I don't know about all that, bro, but I do know that uh, there's a lot of shit going on in wrestling. You got to go live to it. It's so exciting. There's so many changes in New Japan. It's almost so much to talk about. It makes me tired, which I kind of am. So we're yeah, yeah. going to uh, sign off to this one tonight, dude. Yeah, so got it. Uh, say goodbye to all your loyal fans in ring art, Justin. Okay. Uh, good night. There I am going to Vegas next weekend. Oh, uh, shit. To peddle some of my crap. Yeah, buddy. So, that is something that I that's badass kind of still just don't know what to expect and so announce where you're going though for sure so i'm part of this joint venture i know i like i should mention it more um i do try and post about it you know i'm at in ring in ring art and if you want to get my personal life you can go to bean frank 81 g on uh instagram and twitter i don't care but um I'm going to be part of this, uh, you know, pre-show little pop-up at the Palace Station Casino in Las Vegas on SummerSlam Saturday. weekend. Yeah, Saturday, August 21st from 10 to 2. Um, Sweet. At the Palace Station Casino, wrestling for sale. Ted is putting on a huge um, little pop-up with all of his amazing stuff. And, That's um, awesome. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, other artists are going to be there, like, uh, you know, uh, who else are we going to have? Extra Cooler is going to have some stuff there. Extra um, Cooler. Savage Stash. Oh, uh, don't Stash. forget him, Savage Stash. Yeah, he's got some cool stuff. And um, there'll be all violent sorts miracle. of violent, violent miracle. miracle. It was a miracle, it, but it was violent. And then it's going to be. You're going to have the Cheap Heat crew from that podcast, Peter Sweet. Rosenberg and Stack Guy Greg. Nice. Okay. A little, you know, meet the fans kind of deal. And it's going to be super fun. And I'm going to be masked up and scared. And selling be... some stuff, right? We'll see. Maybe. Hopefully. At least getting, getting some contacts. 
I just, you know, I'm hoping the hotel gets paid for and the gas money. That's I'm just Oh god, I hope it's not too shady in that way. Like like any successful trip to Vegas. I'm not a big Vegas guy myself, but if I could just break even, I'll be a happy. <laughs> I feel you, bro. Well, I hope for you too and uh be sure to have fun there and take some pictures. Send me, man. I'm excited for that. That sounds fun as fuck. Yeah, and I'll plus s- uh, you know, it's SummerSlam too, which is really cool. You going to the show? You, did no, you pay for I, the forty thousand no, dollar? Or excuse me, that's um, the population of the people that'll be there. That's not the price. No, yeah, like that's one of those things where I was telling my wife, like at two o'clock ends, I'm getting the hell out of Vegas and driving home because I got to get my kids. There you to go. Hockey the next day. Oh but shit! If, okay. If if a SummerSlam ticket gets offered to me or whatever, then that's a whole other kind of conversation to ah, have. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know that probably puts me home at like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. And, you know, um, but you're not staying the night in Vegas. That's for sure. Yeah. Not staying that night in Vegas. I am going up on Friday and staying the night then. Okay, cool. Cause I'm not going to go four hour drive and get there at six in the morning. And then I'm not doing that. Yeah. I got a hotel room for Friday night. So it's going to be get there on Friday, check into my hotel, get some dinner, hang out in the hotel room, wake up early. Sweet. My stuff. And get out of Dodge. Well, we're excited to hear how it sounds, man, and what went on, if it's cool or if it's not. But uh, definitely we want to hear that next time on Wrestling And, where we are going to talk about wrestling and, well, we'll talk. We'll we'll tell you when the episode comes out. We can't spoil yeah, yeah. it, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, no, but we don't really know. Nah, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> oh, oh, we know. No, I'm just kidding. All right, you guys have a great one. We'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, I remember back in the day they they had like a two out of three falls match. It was it was Cesaro, right? And who else was it? This was NXT. Who was it? Oh yeah, it was Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville. Finn Balor, who was on a different level in the rest, Becky Lynch, and eventually Owens. I feel like if you watched it back, then you fucking know inside your heart that it was good stuff. A lot of wrestling that personally I could love. A lot of shows down in Florida I would come. A lot of takeover shows that were good fun. Fucking man and the tag team matches were totally unrivaled. AOP, DIY, and The Revival. Bobby Roode, even him you could be sure of Along with Alistair and Mr. Nakamura And a rivalry so epic you could only give thanks Every time you watch Bailey and Sasha Banks And when Cien Almas rose through the ranks Intense were the matches and high were the stakes Say it again, where have you been? NXT, what the fuck's happening? Cause lately, shit's getting shady Where was the show from back then, baby? With the releases and the changes happening Who knows when John Ensman's back again To watch this show, where did it go? NXT, I miss you, bro